Okay, are we ready to go? Yeah. Okay, cool. The game yeah. the game will relax everyone. So <laughs> the game I'm is the six word game. thing. This is what I study okay, yeah. for the most. Okay. My I, I, I really didn't and I feel like maybe mine will be a big disappointment. But my we'll dad see. told okay. me mine. Did Well he? he told me all of them and then my reason for picking number six is well, we'll Lads, see. Lads, save so, it. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. Today we're in the UK and I'm joined by two Irish boss ladies who are living and working over here. Rebecca Fenley is Joe Media's head of brand and I'm also joined by Angela Scanlon who is a broadcaster, TV presenter and now a BAFTA nominee, so no big deal there at all. A little later on we're going to be discussing monogamy but first ladies, let's kick things off like we like to kick things off with a little game. It's called Six Words or Less and it's for any of our listeners listeners and our readers who may not know you so you need to describe yourselves in six words or less and we're going to start with Rebecca you're Damn over I knew you were going to do this to me <laughs> I pointed <laughs> aggressively towards and you I know, I know. you actually did that was a bit scary Angela <laughs> can I can I say Angela Rebecca has been studying for this part like she re- she's Actual been messaging me late at night homework. yeah <laughs> Okay, so go on. Um, okay, so mine are one. Um, will I just will I just say them in all in one go? Yeah, just say them. Hungry, always. Um, okay, we'll get into it after. Hungry, active, credulous, curious, goofy, and Kev. <laughs> And I kind of, I kind of have to explain Kev. <laughs> Kev is her dad's name. Oh, I love Kev. Kev you would. He so he was coaching you on this. Um, yes, and um, he coaches me in life. He's kind of like my my mentor. And so, if you're thinking about things that are you, yeah. he yeah. is me. I am him. I cut out of him. And uh, yeah, for all his all his good bits and and all the other bits too. So I thought, you know what, Kev, that's, that's me. brilliant. Oh They're great. God, that Little bit of backstory. So Myself and Rebecca cry. are actually from the same town in Ireland. So you know Kev. So I know Kev. Oh. And every, she can clarify. Yeah, he, he is. A legend. He is. Yeah, oh big Kev. He's a bit of a legend. Uh, great words. I like them. Angela, six words or less. Oh dear. I mean, I really d- credulous. By the way, I know. Right? That's also the f- hungry because there's so many elements to that <laughs> mainly the fanciest word we had <laughs> yeah but no it's a really good word and actually yeah I mean I could chat all day about that word <laughs> and not in reference to food although no, I'm also yeah. hungry but um, not right now uh, because I had salmon but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but actually I do love my favourite people are like hungry people it's yeah. a wonderful thing to have and, a, and you can't really buy it no yeah do you know what I mean? It's ingrained so, in you. Yeah. You're either a hungry person or you're not. Well, so my six words yeah. are hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Stop copying me, Angela. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, no, oh my God. I went the total opposite way as I always do. Uh, so I just, so, um, a giant ginger ball of contradictions. <laughs> okay. That's what I've gone with. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> See, this is I the feel b- like maybe I should have consulted people on this. But no, anyway, there we have the it. Beauty, that's I the beauty it. about this game. Some people go with words and some people go with sentences. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you about the word ginger because one of my best friends has red hair and she doesn't like the word ginger she finds it offensive well see this is the thing and there's two schools and it's funny you should say that because in the car I was like do I want to say that because I kind of figured exactly the same thing it's quite a, a British word you know yeah. it's not something that as Irish people mm. or as a kid that I was I didn't know really the word but I did a documentary Oi Ginger uh, and yeah. that was kind of the start of my like telly life if you like and yeah I kind of feel like taking ownership of it yeah um 
means that people can't uh, use it against you as a derogatory term or as an insult or as a piss take or whatever. So um, I'm okay. Ginger and proud. Um, Speaking of your telly life, so you're currently presenting Robot Wars for BBC Two, which we will get to. But you started your career in Ireland Mm -hmm. as a journalist and as a stylist and you actually really started in fashion. Yeah. So you've moved away from that. Uh Was that a conscious decision to move away from fashion? Um, yes. Yes. It was. Uh, Did you just get sick of it? it? Do you know what? It was kind of, it was conscious in the end, but actually I started in, in telly pitching fashion ideas and it was at a time when, okay, we had done Gok Wan, Trini and Susanna and all of those shows that had been massive brands and hugely successful kind of franchises, if you like, um, and they had all gone away and the idea of putting fashion on telly seemed kind of archaic in a way and we were all like because I remember when I first started in fashion people were like what what, what are we supposed to wear this this season what do we you know they really needed advice and they craved that and now I think everybody is a fashion expert they're you know if you're sitting at home in Monaghan you're as plugged into London Fashion Week if you choose to be as somebody sitting front row and so Mm. the idea for me I was kind of going into these things going yeah so my background is fashion which was a credible you know expertise so that was a way to kind of enter into telly from my point of view but I was talking myself out of these jobs I was like as a young I'm I'm not going to watch a programme about fashion like I don't want anyone telling me yeah. what I want to do in fashion so I figured that you know fashion on telly wasn't going to work and then uh, Oi Ginger was a suggestion from a friend of mine um that was kind of born out of a story about a party yeah. and uh, and and it was my story if you like uh, and and that's how I got in and then I thought oh documentary is brilliant and I kind of at that point I was doing telly kind of part time and fashion I was still very much known for and yeah. I became increasingly irate and uh, frustrated <laughs> yeah. with being asked what should I what wear what should I wear yeah. I was like dude I wear jeans and Pick a jumper your own every day. I, I don't yeah. care. Like, whatever makes you happy. I yeah. don't. Yeah. I kind of thought, I've, I want to talk to people about other things. Yeah. And I want to I wanna get back to how you ended up in London as well. But Rebecca, so you're the head of brand here with Joe mm-hmm. Media. So how did you end up in London? When did you make the big move? The big move. The big move. The big move. Um, Seven and a half years ago. Stop. Is it that long? I know. It's wow. crazy. It is a long time ago now. So... I, after my uh, finishing UCD, I went on and did a a postgrad in Fitzwilliam on PR and event management. And really, the industry, I always say, it's kind of like comparing a pond and an ocean when you look at Ireland and you look at the UK. And I always had in me, I'm not a homebird. My sister is the homebird. I'm the opposite. I knew I was always going to go somewhere. I didn't know where. And with me getting into this kind of space of that kind of industry, I thought, you know what? London, it's only across the road. Also, awesome place. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it just kind of, it all happened. I got offered a, after kind of, one point actually I do want to make here is I had a great job. It wasn't a case of, oh, recession, I'm screwed, I need to leave now. Actually, I had a good job with yeah. an incredible entrepreneur that taught me a lot. And I was just a bit bored. Yeah. I have to say, I was a little bit bored and I just didn't feel like I was me. And I wanted to spread yeah. my wings a bit. And It's and that's funny that you say that about the recession. Angela, how long have you been in London? Well, I, it's a bit, it, yours sounds clean cut. I mean, did you have a going away party? 
No, I, no. I, I, I kind of spreed. <laughs> Where is Rebecca gone? Gone? It wasn't even in the parish newsletter, would you believe it? Um, oh my God. Okay, so I, I know a lot of friends who literally were making the move and right. it was like a big statement. They were moving either for a job or they were just moving. For me, I it was kind of you know, oh, I'm I'm trying this telly thing mm. uh, and it's a slow moving beast mm. and so and I'm not very patient and so I thought <laughs> okay, at least if I can kind of you know, try, my th- try it over there and try it over here at the same time and kind of see what sticks. So it was yeah. it was a much less um it was. It wasn't like when I was growing up. I knew I needed to be away. I was going to be away. I mean, I travelled a lot, but London was never on my yeah. agenda really. And then I thought, mm-hmm. okay, very few opportunities in TV um, in Ireland. Yeah. And I thought, we'll see what happens. Okay, so I'm going to hit you with some figures. <clears throat> you ready for this? Go. So go. since April, thirty thousand eight hundred Irish people have emigrated, and that's more than 2010 at the very height of the recession. So people are moving away, not necessarily to London, they're going all over the place, mm-hmm. but they're not they, they're not doing it for necessity. It seems to be that it's choice now rather than consequence. Yeah. And I think that's actually a bit of a poor reflection on Ireland. So, I mean, I suppose, like, what what is it? Is it quality of life? Is it work-life balance? Is it the weather? Oh, like, I, don't, do I don't think it's a poor reflection on Ireland. I actually think it's a Could positive be. reflection okay. on Irish people. I agree. Okay. Absolutely. And their yeah, outlook that. now. So mm. before, emigration was this kind of like not it was a it was a sad word yeah. you know and my sister moved over here she's since gone back but she moved over for that like the very typical out of college promised the world no jobs no opportunities and she moved um, and I remember my dad waving her off at the airport and he was absolutely yeah, that's heartbroken yeah. because he said I never he, he moved to England when he was from Mayo he moved over here uh, as a young man like uh, to work and he said I never thought What year was that that, that your sister This went? would have been I guess 2008 Eight, maybe she was seven or eight. She was like eight years here, and she moved mm. home two years ago. Yeah. I'm bad with dates, but <laughs> he he said, um, "I never thought that I'd ha- that one of my children would have to." Uh, leave for basically the same reasons that I had to and he it was kind of like this feeling of a generation having failed the younger generation whereas I think now we're like okay I mean we give out about technology we give out about Instagram and all Mm. of those things actually I think those things allow you sitting at home in Ireland to think I could go away there and actually I can be as close uh, or, you know, have these kind of intimate relationships and continuous chats with uh, my friends and my family and maintain those relationships and experience other things. I mean, it's definitely easier, I think, for people who've been left behind in Ireland, like our parents and and people like that. We sometimes forget about how hard it is for them when people move away. My brother moved away and he lived... Uh, in Luxembourg for five, six years. He got a wife out of it, so he's happy out. But he's home now. My mother is just elated. And is she with him? Yeah, she's okay. she's with him as well now in Ireland. And she's Swedish, actually. Oh. Punching. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, you, um, you mentioned your dad had emigrated, though. Yes. So, I mean, was that hard for him when you decided to make that move to London? Or was he just like, go, go? He, go, go, go. Yeah. He, now, bless him. So, he was a long time ago, completely different world when he when he did it. He went and he was there for 14 years. Where was he? It was he? Uh, Croydon um, oh, okay. in London. But I think he lived in Croydon, I, yeah. I believe. He moved around a bit. But 
he's a very successful man and mm-hmm. uh, I admire him greatly and I think a big reason for his success was because he came over here you know learned a lot and took that back with him yeah and and so when I decided to do it now I would say he did not think I was going to maybe last as long as I did and I think he was a little bit skeptical and I remember him saying to me one time you know I was talking to my mate in the pub about this Becca and uh and and he just made me think that this is you know this is a really good thing for you and and you know what I'm I'm here every step of the way and it's great to see you're, you're following the same path as me and so ever since he's just kind of like you know he is he is my advisor on every kind of decision I make now yeah. and, um, so he's like, been very supportive but I think on, on from mum's side that's a bit different yeah. I think deep down mum is probably secretly hoping when's she coming home yeah, yeah. well I mean yeah. professionally as well you have to kind of take that into consideration I mean I'm sure there was more opportunities mm. for both people um, the Irish Times w- were doing a piece on this because of these figures that were released by the CSO and they interviewed people who are you know in far flung places around the world and a lot of them did say that they don't want to leave Ireland necessarily but there mm. still is a lot more room for growth in their professional lives which I suppose we do have to consider it's a small pond in Ireland it just is it's yeah. a bit smaller yeah and, and that scale and I suppose the idea that Irish people we punch above our weight and we and we do but the, I think that's because you have to fight Yeah, because like you say mm. there are less there's less position there's less room for progression um, mm. so yeah if you're in a hurry then sometimes I think moving away allows you to yeah, move a little bit. So quicker. are there things are there things that you miss? When does the pangs happen? Is it at four o'clock in the morning when you're looking for a chipper or, <laughs> or oh, I find a chipper. Plenty of chippers. Remember my number one word was hungry. I find the chipper. <laughs> what are the things you miss most about Ireland? Because I'm gonna get on and ask about raising families and things like that. But first off, what are the things that you miss day to day? Don't say Barry's tea. I find it's a it's a very Irish thing to ask that question. What do you miss? What I know. Miss? No, no, because it's all and, now, <laughs> and when will you come home? And yeah. when are you coming home? And it's this constant <gasps> kind of it's like I mean I literally yeah. live an hour away if I lived in Cork I'd be <laughs> yeah. further away from you in Dublin I feel like I'm the Irish mammy now so no. when are you coming home lad <laughs> yeah, but this it is, is all fine <laughs> you've had your crack you've had your highfalutin <laughs> city life now <laughs> so no. let's let's talk about families then Angela you're married Rebecca yeah. you're soon to be married I am so I what, am. what about when the babies come rolling in would you ever consider moving home to raise a family in Ireland or do you think this is the place for them? It's funny, I did um, I did an interview the other day ahead of Robot Wars and, and this guy asked me the same question. Mm. He said, you know, if, if you start a family, uh, will you move home to Ireland? And, and I always thought, oh, you know, we'll probably stay here and then when they're at school age, we'd mm. move home. And my mom laughs and she says, like a life... It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. the place where you are becomes your home, and yes, you you know Ireland is always home. Yeah, but you know you don't just wake up and go okay in August we're we're moving home next month because to little enroll. Johnny is yeah. starting school or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't yeah it doesn't really yeah. work like that I, I suppose. Agree. But he then asked me and what about would you move your uh, would you move your family over here? <laughs> I was like, who do you think I am? Angelina Jolie. I was like, you want some shed to yeah. fit the lot them in it. But I yeah. brought everyone. I brought them all <laughs> over. Bad. I think there's a bit of it. So like, f- for me, I, I get a bit frustrated by that whole conversation because yeah. I do think, well, you're a woman. So when you're, 
you know, eventually you're going to start a family and then sure you have to stop working and then mm-hmm. sure you need to be at home and your mom. Never. And I just, that's not me yeah. and it never will and I absolutely will have kids eventually and mm-hmm. I can't wait but my career is a huge thing for me and, yeah. and I, I would want my, my life to continue, uh, you know, and my career to continue and, and being a mother to continue all in, in one go. I know yeah. that's a bit of a, a dream probably. But no, you know, uh, not it, at all. It, it's, a, it's a balance, isn't it? Well, the, but I think there's, like you say, it's phrased in a way that now when are you going to give all this up and become a mother? Yeah, well, yeah. that's it. And yeah. I'm not, I actually think I've just gotten started, to be honest. And, yeah. and I want to continue. And I, what my mum has kind of said to me as well, she's like, Rebecca, I would happily move over you know if and when you and Nat decide yeah. to, to have kids and I'll, I'll be there I'll absolutely no problem you know she I think she's kind of assumed you know yeah. we're here for a while yeah, that's good okay. so, uh, and also we're not that far you know I'm sure yeah. you have friends too Angela that live in you know America or Australia mm-hmm. and, and you can't just drop of the hat you feel Pop a pang of homesickness yeah. you can't just go home whereas I kind of can and I think that's same a, yeah. a bit of a luxury but I think I mean it's possibly and this is as to uh, women who don't have children it's it's slightly naive to think that it's it's really easy I mean mm-hmm. my sister has three kids I have very close friends here in London who have children who are Irish and mm-hmm. they really like really it's only when they have kids that they realise the support network that kind of exists naturally at home that isn't here and you'll know you said you were in Clapham before mm. uh, East London and it's kind of you know it's not as easy to go oh will you nip over yeah. across the road no. it's like an hour in yeah. a tube so it's logistically yeah. more difficult but then I think of you know my parents my dad's from Mayo mom's from Galway they moved to Dublin they were probably more or she was probably as as you know a full-time mother uh, more isolated than any of my friends here would be without their family because they were in Galway and yeah, you know yeah. you're not whatsapping videoing and chatting no. all the time yeah. so it's kind of yeah I mean I have to constantly have those chats with myself just to not freak out yeah, on the no, idea of it I, I suppose yeah. everything is changing now as well because amongst my friends at home like no one everything's changed in terms of what you own as well in Ireland like people aren't able to own their houses anymore Mm -hmm. which at the same time gives them this incredible freedom to go if they wanted to and not because they have to emigrate it gives them the freedom to go to explore other parts of the world if they want to as well but I mean our (laughs) generation now like women in their early 30s like I mean it's 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 a pipe dream almost to think about when we can afford to buy our own home because the living costs are just outrageous and I know they're expensive here as well yeah. But I mean, it's just, I suppose it's very different. You're, you're not going to buy a house and maybe you won't get married. Maybe you won't have kids and that's OK as well. Totally. Yeah. And I think you're right. That kind of, there's value now placed on that sense of freedom. And yeah. there's kind of, oh, phew, oh, thank God I didn't get that noose around my neck. It, it allows you to do things that you otherwise maybe couldn't. And I don't think, you know, the whole, a man is nothing without land, you know. And we all have that <laughs> slightly ingrained into us. Maybe that's What's the that? country What's coming the... out me. Frontage, the field. is it? It's a bit, bit of road frontage. frontage. Yeah. yeah. But you know, that sense, that <clears throat> land ownership for yeah. Irish people is ingrained. Yeah. There's European countries around that, you know, where nobody owns the place that they live and it's still yeah. home. And I think I've become more used to that living over here because yeah. it was never an option for me to buy. And I'm like, cool, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine to rent. At home, I think there's still a big sense that you have failed or you haven't quite reached where you should have if you don't own something. It's like mob mentality. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, have you got, have you, have you met with your bro- yeah. broker yet? No, I haven't. List me off your assets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone freaks out a little bit about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so speaking about nooses around our neck, we're going to be talking about monogamy. Um, and <laughs> oh. Uh, in a few minutes now but now we're going to take a little break and it's time for our Spotlight on Sport 
joined in studio now by a world champion bodybuilder, Jenny Murphy from Dublin. Welcome to the show. I have to say, Jenny, I'm feeling pretty shit about myself right now sitting in front of you. Oh, don't. So tell me about you. How did you get into bodybuilding in the first place? So I was always into fitness, I was always into health and I changed my job when I was about 30 and I went to become a trainer and then after that I spent um, a year or two just obviously focusing on becoming a good trainer. I just wanted a goal and um, I started it because I wanted to see what my body was capable of um, and I wanted a challenge really. Like, So just for our listeners and for our readers who may not know anything about bodybuilding, can you yeah. bring us through the different categories that women compete in in yeah. bodybuilding? So there are various stages so there is bikini mm-hmm. so bikini um, it's really popular um, in Ireland it's all over Instagram it's all over Instagram it's a little bit more PC possibly because you you, you don't have to gain a lot of size in terms of muscle um, it's quite it's that quite nice feminine lovely bum um, just lovely shape and silhouette mm-hmm. um, uh, and look really good in bikini and their posing and stuff will be a little bit different um, be a bit more glitz and glam and that's the bikini section and then up from that would be the, the start of getting a bit more muscle into you so I'm toned okay um, so yeah yeah, I do have to have a good bit of thick, thickness in my muscle and visible, visible. So like visible abs and and stuff like that, which they wouldn't really allow in bikini. And is that just? Is there just those two categories for women? Is there no, not no? The- there's more, so, and it's becoming. There's more and more categories coming out now. So when I first started, there was bikini, and I was already, I already had too much muscle on me because I'm, I'm an athletic type body. Mm-hmm. So my abs were too visible and stuff. So I would have had to go backwards. So I was like, no, I'll just keep going forwards. And okay. to me, it was a bit more challenging to have to put on a bit more. Muscle. Yeah. And then after that, there's another calorie called trained. And trained would be super shredded, you know, much bigger, you know, battling nearly with the boys, you know. Um, so that was a bit too much for me, um, personally. So I wanted to stay within the middle. But now there's like loads of different levels. So at the World Championships, there was sports model, there is athletic bikini. Okay. Um, I'm athletic. Then there is a trained figure um, right up to super extreme, you know. So it's, I think the more it's evolving, the bigger the categories are getting. And also different federations yeah. have different categories. So last year you won the World Championships. So yeah. which federation was that with? Uh, the World Fitness Federation. So and you still, you're still a world champion. You still have that title. Yeah, until November. I'm going to hold on tight. <laughs> and tell me so, about the preparation yeah. for that. Were you expecting to win? What was the competition no, like? No, it's like Ireland going to the World Cup. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no. Not so, a chance. No, it's not that I didn't have a chance because you always have to, it's, you know, it's a lot of it's a mental attitude. Yeah. So you have to really believe that you you are going to win. Like there's no point in competing if you are just there to do take part and there's no point in it just to get an Instagram photo like I did it's a competition so I want to win yeah hands down now that's again me just my mind that doesn't mean I had it I'm just saying I had a chance but I have an amazing coach and you know amazing people around me so um, the preparation was it was a long road I kind of got roller coasted into it so I had only originally started because I wanted to do it once 
um, in the October the previous year um, I got third in Ireland at that show and that was my first ever show and I was delighted I was done see you later and Paul who's my coach was like no you need to go represent Ireland on an international scale yeah. you know you have you have it in you genetically to, to be one of the first girls to do really well in, in that category in, in Ireland or in the world so I went to England and I got top six uh, three weeks later in uh, my category which no one had done in a uh, tone figure um, so I kind of like broke a curse Yeah. so as soon as that was done I kind of came home and it was just before Christmas and uh, I was like okay now I'm done and he was like so what's what are we doing next I was like what do you mean what we're doing next he was like no like you broke the curse you can't stop here you have to if we actually pushed you what could we do so he took me on board then I started trying a property with Paul in, in the March um and I was supposed to go to the world of NABA, which was in Brazil. Okay. And that was my aim. Then they had the Zika virus and there was loads of stuff kind of yeah. happening around Brazil. So just coming up to Brazil, there was another federation, which is a sister organization called the WFF. Mm-hmm. And that was in Orlando in the June. So I just said, you know what, let's go. And we went um, for just the experience. Like, everyone's like, you have to go experience an international show. So yeah. we went over and I got third there. And I was so upset. Like, I just, you know, like, he's so encouraging that I was like, that's it. I'm going over to win. Amazing. And um, I got third and I bawled. Like, really? I was inconsolable at the back of stage. I was like, that's it. I'm done. Can't do this again. I think it's just, it was a, a, I had a really bad year. Yeah. A really emotional year. Like, I had a bad breakup and just loads of stuff. And I think it just all came, there was a lot of expectations I felt on my yeah. shoulders. And I got off stage. I think it was just like a wall of, yeah. came down. So, um, but third, like, that's nothing. To I know. He was, either. he was like, you're an idiot. You're third in the world. What are yeah. you crying about? And I was like, because I'm not first. It's like, I never get number one. I'm always so close. So that spurned you on, obviously. So, yeah, we just had a massive, we used to call them uh, cop the F on cups of coffee and he used to bring me he used to bring me all the time for them and just sit me down and be like look let's just focus all your hurt and pain yeah. and everything that's annoying you into this and channel it so I, it was like it was a massive focus for me I was in quite a low place mm. after Christmas and I just said right I'm going to go for it so um, the worlds were then in the November so I had from October to November and in the middle was the Irish show um, he didn't want me to do it because mentally I was just tired it was my fifth show my body was pretty tired I was holding a bit of body fat and water and that's all from stress yeah and he was like oh if you go and do this Irish show and you don't win you're going to be ruined for the world I know you so I had to beg him and he let me do it then um, but it meant more to me to win the Irish show yeah but so, then you went on and won the so I won the Irish show and I was delighted and then five weeks later I had to really knuckle down for the five weeks then and so when you say knuckle down like just speaking of the physiology of yeah. it so if you're prepping for a show yeah you gain do you gain fat or do you just gain muscle and so, then you strip it back yeah so initially initially the first year I prepped when I was prepping I did bulking so okay so bulking that's just eating like 4,000 calories a day yeah well it depends on your body type yeah so my body type, my breakfast shake was 1,500 calories alone. What? It was like olive oil, peanut butter. Oh. <laughs> that's, 
avocado, oh, you name it. Um, the first year I spent a year, I had seven years training as well before this, right. just to note, like this isn't just, I, I think that's the problem with Instagram at the moment is every girl out there wants to give it a go now, but mm. they don't realise like you actually need a training background. Like you yeah. need to have muscle age mm-hmm. in your body, like, you know, so... I was seven years training before it started But is genetics like does yeah. genetics have something to do with it as well? Yeah and I know all those memes are out there and they're like you know screw you it's not genetics I work my ass off yes I work it my is. ass off It has but to be about genetics At the same time my body type is just genetically made for this so yeah. I'm athletic it's you know if if you're born there's certain things you cannot change like you yeah. cannot change your mechanical makeup like yeah. so yeah it's just genetics I'm I am really gifted thanks to my mummy uh, there was a show there in Ireland I think it was last week and I noticed a lot of people who weren't com- who weren't competing yeah. were commenting about how much they miss it when they're not competing so yeah. you've retired now well officially or unofficially um, officially from shows from shows yeah. and so how hard it is for you to watch other people do it it's very hard so yeah. I went to the show I went to the NABA show that was on that last week the week before yeah. um, I was presenting a trophy at it um, and um, it killed me really yeah yeah I was very emotional about it really? um, I think especially when the town girls got up there and you're kind of passing it over like and I need to be more proud of like I know myself I need to be more like look I'm up here now and I've achieved all this yeah. and I need to pass the torch over but it is it's so, it was such a part, huge part of my life for two years Yeah, it was my identity and I'm, it's something I'm really good at yeah. it's like oh, you know imagine being just told you're the best in the world is something next like, stop so how? So, co- I mean, why stop then? Why why don't because, you continue? Um, because I need a life. Yeah, I need to have more fun. Um, I need to just to balance it out. My body needs a rest. It's yeah. really tired. It's really hard on your body. It's mentally very hard. And I've achieved most. You know, I've achieved everything that most people dream of. Like, yeah. so I have my pro card. I'm yeah. world champion and I'm Irish champion. So what's the point of killing myself to defend a title? Yeah. You know, so I so think it would kill me more. Like, I'd rather go out on top. So obviously bodybuilding is kind of in your past now a little bit, but moving forward, mm-hmm. you told me earlier that you definitely want to kind of focus on on instilling the importance of strength training in young girls. So yeah. how important is it, do you think, for girls to be kind of moving into the weight section, which can be a little bit intimidating? Yeah. So I think that's my main focus now is, yeah, bodybuilding is in my past. It's part. It's a large part of who I am and I adore it and I love the bodybuilding family and it's really close in Ireland and they're really supportive of each other and it's amazing. And But I just need to, I'm going to focus on now what I get a lot of questions on and what I get asked a lot on is about training for girls and um and mental health really like and what I have done in the past when I that's how I overcame all my issues and and struggles was training and when I stopped bodybuilding in November um I started training with my fellow um ONT mate Claire um she's amazing and she's um been a massive part of my life and she's um she's a champion Olympic lifter and powerlifter and she just took me under her wing and we started strength training and I started doing it every week and the the endorphins you get off off I training I love Olympic lifting like off Olympic lifting but even just lifting something really heavy because mm. you have to focus so hard 
on that hour like on every rep on your form on your technique that everything else that's annoying you or hurting you just disappears for that hour and you can channel it into into lifting the weights so my body changed loads actually from like my legs improved my bum improved everything improved and my core is so strong now because of lifting the heavy so I now get quite a lot of girls ask me like you know for my size as I'm quite I'm quite small for how, how hard I lift and stuff so that's kind of where I'm getting a lot of questions from so every single client of mine every single most their majority of females all do one day strength training yeah. and it's non-negotiable right so if you want to train at me you do one day strength and then we'll focus on your individual goals so if it's a wedding or a holiday losing weight gain a lot of people actually want to gain size you know tone up that's fine but they all do strength training and they all ask them just to um, trust me mm. and within two sessions of doing strength they training they want to do it more they are addicted yeah and they realise the endorphins that they get off. So I would have a lot of women who are quite powerful in their or they're in powerful jobs. Um, obviously, in the area I'm in, like there's a lot of offices, and they might be going into a boardroom full of you know twenty, thirty men, yeah. and they've just said lifted all of the men's body weights, <laughs> and they feel amazing, and they just feel like they can take on the world. You yeah. know, they all have very stressful jobs, and it just helps them so much mentally and then physically strength training is for life like it's your health so it's you know it's a creating a foundation that means you can pick up your grandkids yeah. you can carry the shopping and you're going to be standing up straighter for longer so you're not going to be a little decrepit oh granny and it's not I don't want that like I yeah. want to be walking and running and playing around till I'm 60, 70, 80 yeah. and we are living longer now so it's less now for you about the aesthetics I yeah. suppose because with bodybuilding no. you are sculpting your body yeah. but now it's more about the importance of strength so I think that's that's the problem with social media and the problem and I'm really careful with my social media I have to be like you know you what you see on social media is not what you're getting in person and that's the problem like yeah. um, and then you know these girls are getting really upset that they're following bodybuilding diets and they're not looking like bodybuilders and why why is that because you don't see everything else that's going on in the background you're just seeing them and that's a miserable life you do not want to be eating fish and rice for for five or six weeks trust me trust me you are the most (laughs) unappealing person in the world you're the smelly person on the bus you're the like you just nobody wants to be your friend so it's not worth it like you need to have a balance like and for me being in a world that was so driven by aesthetics and like I I mean like you could not be worse like you know you're, phys- you're putting yourself on show and yeah. every single line in your body is being judged for me mentally being strong and knowing what my body's capable of is as important internally because I always use the reference it's amazing to have a lovely house with beautiful blinds and windows and you name it but if that foundation is not right if that house is built on a shoddy foundation the cracks will come and they will come eventually and they'll start as a little crack down the bottom of the wall and before you know it your back is gone your knees are gone so you might look right now but in 10, 20 years time, what's going to happen? You know, so. So you're working out of energy fitness at the moment. Is that it? Yeah. So um, I'm, that's my base. Yeah. Um, it's in town and it's great. And um, you're training clients one on one. So I train clients one on one there. And then I train uh, a couple of clients in body burn as well. Okay. So next door. So yeah, I love it. I love uh, being my own boss now. And yeah. 
and just um, making people strong every day like it's it's a ma- it's just, that's to me now is I'm trying to focus on my business and focus on my career yeah. and just take a little back step now and sounds to enjoy me like all you my might, food. Uh, you might be getting back into bikini as well soon though. It doesn't sound like you've hung it up forever. I don't think I'll hang it up forever, but the fact that I have my pro card means I can you can go back. I can go back at yeah. any stage. Like who's to say in ten years? Like there's you know there's a, there's amazing people who've come back. Like Monica Brandt is the girl like I love and she did it she did, she's done what I want to do like yeah. she had won Olympia a couple of times and then a 43 represented America in the Olympics wow. so there's nothing so you never know there, you never know but for now I'm I'm happier I am um, I feel fitter I feel healthier yeah. and I'm loving my food I'm loving have, spending time with my, my, my best friends and yeah. you know like going to Galway for my birthday and, and having fun and you know you know, eating nice food and you know it's fine. Like, and we still went and trained and you yeah. Know, you said my, food twice. So I food. said food. I love my food. <laughs> food. Everyone who follows me will know how much I eat. Yeah. Like, I eat a lot of food. Jenny Murphy, thanks very much for coming in. Thank you. We're going to talk about monogamy now. So it's a complex subject. Before we get into it, though, I would just like to have you both answer yes or no. Do you believe in monogamy? Yes. Yes. I mean, do you know what? I feel like I should probably just pop out now. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't. Do you not? Um, It's a. It's a. I'll actually. I'll get into it. Why? No. Answer the question. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I, I would say yes, but I'd also say yes, but it's like I'd like to because sadly I have seen. And experience lots of things that you know suggest that, that, that make you feel a little bit disheartened by so, the fact is you know yeah, yeah I think we should define what it is so I mean the definition of monogamy is the practice of marrying or state of being married to one person at a time and the reason why I kind of thought it would be interesting to talk about this is that the singer Pink mm-hmm. did an interview in the Guardian there recently and she's just released her seventh studio album she's called A Beautiful Torture and not that her marriage is a torture but she did say that monogamy is hard and every single day you have to wake up and you have to work at it and there are times when you think this can't be it and everything so I just thought it was interesting and I went to write an opinion piece about it so I was like okay I'm going to write this article for her.ie it's going to be great and I couldn't actually write it because I couldn't decide whether I believed in it or not well, I mean, I think the truth is that in the olden days when, I mean, the the kind of construct of marriage was uh, based on, you know, protection. We were we died a lot younger. So the yeah. actual period of time that you were married mm-hmm. for was much shorter. Um, and, you know, it was a financial thing or a protection thing or a procreation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is that all of those things people can now do independently if they choose so I guess marriage in the way that we think of it traditionally uh, a lot of the reasons for it being are slightly obsolete so which in some ways makes it even more of a a thing when you do it because you don't need to do it you needed to do it back in the day I get that you know I get that that's a good way to look at it but yeah, well, you, you have to endure it for a lot longer, I suppose, don't you? I think the world is a very different place. So, like, a friend of mine said to me when I you know, chatting her, to her about this this morning, and, and she said, like, sex is a swipe away. You right, know, as yeah. in, like, look what technology has, has done. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's look at it. Look at the Tinders and the, the Bumbles and the Match.coms and, and, well, Tinder, I really point the finger up particularly. Yeah. Like, that has changed us and how we 
go about our dating lives significantly and that did not exist when our yeah. parents were but like that said men's and women's biological beings are you know maybe aren't that different but I think the world we live in has changed a lot yeah, yeah no completely. definitely I and mean, it makes people dispensable doesn't it I mm, think even the action of swiping it's seeing so, them next 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 I think people become really transactional yeah. it's like not, not interested exactly transactional yeah. that's the word Yeah. I mean if you were to look at the other things that happen aside from monogamous relationships so there's polygamy so that means being married to obviously more than one person Mm -hmm. and then there's polyamorous relationships and that's the open relationship so that's the kind of thing that I'm really fascinated by because would you be able to be in a relationship where you know the other person is being with someone else as long as everybody was on the same page and as long as there was trust and it's almost a bit like a nod to the biological aspect of maybe we are you know just at the crux of it a little bit randy here to spread our seed. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know. The thought of it just, makes me feel a little sick, to be honest. Okay, I, yeah. I could never, ever, ever. If I'm not in love, I would hope I would get out of the relationship. Yeah. Um, the thought of, I just think, open relation, personally, weird. I, I, I don't get it. I, yeah. I just, you know, and that's just my opinion. I know people who are in open relationships who are really happy, yeah. you know. So, but for me personally, the thought of that being with another woman like I can't even go there so I'm just going to stop yeah. but it's yeah it's yeah. not something I yeah I, I don't think I'd be I'd be able to cope with it either either and I think you know my experience of friends who are in open relationships or have been in the past is that usually it's a compromise uh, because something for else one more than the other okay so you know one person instigates this kind of let's keep it loose and casual <laughs> and then you're like cool yeah totally cool yeah. and it, it kind <laughs> no. of you get slightly railroaded into mm-hmm. something that is inherently not sitting that well with you and then suddenly you find yourself in this open relationship and and you've signed up for it yeah. because you've said yeah let's be I'm cool about this it seems to be a weird thing because I was going around the office and I was asking a bunch of men and I was asking a bunch of women just the basic question like do you believe a monogamy. I bet they were like, sorry, Neve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they they think I'm weird anyway, so that's fine. But like the majority of them were just were, were saying yes. And but I noticed um, a few of them who were in relationships were just very, very quick snap. And then they were like, wait, which one is that? I don't want to get in trouble mm-hmm. with my girlfriend. And I was just like, that's the one where you really believe in it. So I went on to um, I was speaking to you about this, Rebecca, before I went on to the Whisper app. Have you heard of that, no. Angela? Oh, my God. What is it? It's the best. I'll give it, it to you. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's so. really, really cool. It's just where people go and they kind of anonymously give their opinions on different topics. So I looked up monogamy and I got some interesting ones. So one of them said, people look down on me because I don't believe in monogamy. Feels very unnatural to me ever since I was young. I've never been faithful in a relationship. My husband is amazing. I feel guilty. So that was one person, yeah. Another person said, every couple I know, he or she, sooner or later, has been unfaithful physically or emotionally. I found that interesting because it's not all about a physical act. You can cheat on somebody without actually doing the act. Yeah, do you know what? I think it's the emotional thing gets me a bit more than the physical. Because if, put it this way, like a drunken hookup or when you don't have a clue what you're doing or whatever, that kind of thing, or... Well, I've I've actually fell fell in love with someone. Sorry, yeah. I would be absolutely devastated, and yeah. I think it's the the emotional cheating. Yeah, that that I is more damaging and couldn't couldn't yeah, yeah. like WhatsApping or having the crack with someone yeah. else or something. Or, like that. Well, having a, a having a connection, whether that's you know 
romantic or otherwise, I think that feels kind of, you know, mm. obviously you have connections with the loads of different people, but the idea of having this kind of private relationship with somebody else, whether it's physical or not. Um, yeah, yeah I, I w- would be in bits. Yeah, <laughs> That would be worse for me, like, than a drunken yeah. snog. And then there was one other one that I saw. It said, um, I'm a biologist. Of course, I don't believe in monogamy. In my opinion, monogamy is force fed upon us by society, religion and women. This is a man, obviously. You don't just eat one kind of pizza for the rest of your existence. I'm a margarita girl. I'm sorry. (laughs) Pizza and and people? Give me a break. I know. So obviously that was written. But I mean, this is anonymous. He can say whatever he wants. And it's it's his opinion. And I think, you know, I have a few friends um, who don't want children who mm-hmm. are in relationships or yeah, not in relationships do. and who are absolutely explicit I don't want kids I love kids they're fabulous have mm-hmm. them I'll hand them back whatever um, and I think society's really hard on them so anyone really who dares to move outside of the kind mm-hmm. of constructs of what we define as normal is is wrong or somehow emotionally you know yeah b- inept. B- yeah. damaged yeah. or yeah but yeah or inept it. exactly mm-hmm. and I, mean, I think maybe we need to be a little more open minded well the, my fr- a couple of friends of mine they're, 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 they've decided they don't want kids and I'm not surprised I think that that's great and and she, when I was speaking to her about it she said you know what really pisses me off is every time I tell someone that the first question in the same tone of voice every time is but why yeah. But why? You know, like why? Why? As if it, that's awful. Oh yeah. dear. You know, and it's like, well, no, it isn't. Yeah. But imagine, you know, imagine fine. though, like I just don't see society ever being like, like I can bring two lads to family dinner on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? As in, like being in a polyamorous relationship mm. and bringing both of my boyfriends <laughs> to go meet my nana, who's a hundred in Kildare. Like I just don't yeah. think that they're. I don't think it's ever gonna. Except I that I don't know I mean you that know? sounds like a great day to be honest well, but with you but like think about it back in 1930s Ireland bringing mm. your same sex partner to, to a Sunday roast was exactly. probably not the done thing yeah that's true absolutely so you know it's different yeah. but yeah. we're we're progressing the same yeah. the same with you know transgender yeah, and, exactly. and all of these kinds of things I do think thankfully yeah. uh, whilst there is still a lot to be done we are you know getting better and I think Ireland is you know, I, I love. I'm very proud to be Irish, but yeah. I think we are yeah. slow to slow just to move for on the for the yeah, for the record. I I do not have two boyfriends. <laughs> You're working on it. <laughs> are though. you sure? I don't even have half a boyfriend. <laughs> so um, that would be trickier. <clears throat> yeah. So my nana doesn't have to worry. She's all right for a while. Um. So we're gonna wrap up in a little while, but I do want to ask you about robots. So <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly directed at me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Rebecca. Tell me all you know about. Well, can Actually, I just, I'm oh, sorry. A, can I ask you? Go on. Were you a fan of robots before you did the show? I am a big fan of robots, and we had a drone exhibition in Dublin there a few weeks ago, or it was a few months ago. It was during the summer, and anyway, I went to it, and there weren't a huge amount of women at it. Yeah. And the guy who he almost looked a bit shocked when I walked in. He called me Drone Girl, and then a few <laughs> of them like followed me around for the whole time. But I re- like I love it. I love robots. I think it's fascinating. But were you into it Did before? Did you report them? <laughs> Did I report them? <laughs> they were just trying to make Maybe a sale. Maybe there's a reason not many women go to these events because these creeps <laughs> follow you around for the day. <laughs> um, were you into robots before? No, I wasn't were into you robots. <laughs> no. 
Um, I what? No, I wasn't. Are you into robots? There's no normal way to ask that question, <laughs> even for you. Like, you <laughs> I get you asked that. All. Are you into robots now? Well, let me tell you. Uh, no. Do you know what I think? It's funny because actually, since I've done the show, and I love doing that show I can't yeah. overstate oh, that it's, it's fab I and love to it to get to be next hour of oh, as well yeah. brilliant yeah. Um, but it's funny because uh, since then I'll go into meetings with producers and they'll be, so we're thinking you know we're going to look under the bonnet of the steam engine and you could do a live thingy where you're looking at and I'm just like um, okay sorry what and I said and, and I've had to say this line on a couple of occasions the most the, or sorry the least interesting part of Robot Wars to me are the robots <laughs> and I'm like I am obsessed with the weird and wonderful people yes. who build them and Some all of, of the, the dynamics people in the world have been They're, on that show yeah, yeah. they're incredible just brilliant. absolutely brilliant yeah. yeah and so and actually this series we kind of delve in a little deeper in to that. Oh good. Um, and the new so you, series you get a sense is the new series is starting this weekend. This Sunday. This yeah. Sunday. Yeah, so what can we expect from it? More of the same. It's More absolute same. carnage. But we have introduced <laughs> the biggest battle in Robot Wars history, oh, which God. is a ten robot rumble. And we like a bit Ooh. of alliteration. And basically wow. ten robots in the uh, arena battling wow. to the death. It just sounds so yeah. dramatic, it's, doesn't it's it? It's carnage. This is why it's I like robots. Yeah. It's a bit of a thing in our house. Every, is it? Yeah, every is Sunday. It? Oh, yeah. cool. I, live nice. with, I live with three boys. So, ah, there you go. Um, that's a bit of a... Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said <laughs> that. You need to check yourself. <laughs> I'm like, So the new season of Robot Wars is starting this Sunday. And then do you have anything else that's coming up after I, this? Do you know what? I have loads of stuff. Yeah. I'm still dipping in and out of the one show, which is great. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really great actually yeah. um, who did we, we oh yeah we had Richard Branson on uh, last week um, he so he my fave is he, see he was my first autobiography I ever bought was Richard Branson I just I was, can't get over the island like that's like when I think I of Richard Branson I think that this man owns an island yeah. that's just my goal it's my absolute goal I was in business there's one for class. sale in Scotland at the moment huh? I'm going to get slagged for this so much cool. because I got slagged for it back then but I was in business studies class mm-hmm. when I was young and, and my teacher said to me what do you want to be when you grow up and I said Richard Branson give me Aww. a high five give me a high five what's wrong with Thank that you. why would you well, get slashed? I just remember I got destroyed and I won't you know you actually know the person who destroyed me over it but it became a thing really after a while a bit, 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 bit of minor bullying that went on but you know what oh, I'm going off it why wouldn't you were. also you know what I think that's I'm really oh really Richard it was a dude, was it? if you're listening Richard oh. <laughs> and the person who took the piss out of you Guy or girl? It was a guy, of course, course it was. Let's not of name course. names. <laughs> Let's. Yeah. <laughs> he really loved this, actually. What was he, he like? To... Was he great crack? Was he? No, well, you know what? That was the interesting thing. He's quite, he's very introverted, actually. Is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah he was quite um, considered and, and thoughtful. He did get up on the table at the end and dance, but in my mind... In my, an introverted way. Yeah, no, but my observation <laughs> was... dancing. Richard Branson, the brand, yeah. is wacky and yeah. kooky. And yeah. so he knew... I need there's something's expected of me because it was quite a straight interview. Okay. He talked about, you know, new business ventures. He talked about climate change, all of the things that he's, you know, massively. He was promoting his book, his new book, and uh, yeah, and he's quite political now. And I think then he realised, oh, hang on, 
I'm supposed to be fun Bobby yeah. and so he hopped up on the table and did a little dance okay. and, and meanwhile I had the director in my ear going get him off the table get him off the table and I was like oh, I'm not Just getting him off. off the table yeah. I'm going to get on phone. it with him yeah. <laughs> and, oh my yeah. and Rebecca what's coming down the line then for Joe Media if I can I'll just quote Russell Brand who said have you seen what the Irish are doing in digital media at the <gasps> moment yeah they're just mad yeah. about us they really are yeah so Joe obviously we're doing quite well so what's coming down the line you know what I think Joe we are incredibly and her um, and, and her and, and her of yeah, course well, I, I think for, for Joe in the UK you know we've not been here very long yeah. it's two and a half years and what we've achieved is is insane it's yeah. it's there's been kind of seismic growth incredible talent joining the team now on kind of a weekly basis and I, it is just the beginning that's the really exciting thing about what we're doing here it's just the beginning no one's doing what we're doing and we've just gotten started yeah. just to see what's down the road um, I can't say a huge amount unfortunately I wouldn't be doing my job but, <laughs> um, but some incredible things and, and um, working with, with the best people in the business so you know I think What's staying the road for Joe? You just have to wait and see. Branson, watch your back. Yes, absolutely. Rebecca's coming. (laughs) Um, Lads, we'll have to have you into the Irish studios when you come home. Have you in for a cup of tea, a cup of berries? Is tea. there a fake exposed brick walls? That's not fake. <laughs> it is. That is a real brick wall. <laughs> and the fact, the fact that this is a podcast means nobody can prove me wrong. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you so much to my panellists, Angela Scanlon and Rebecca Fenley. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks to Thank Joe.co.uk for letting me crash their studio. Shane Dempsey was on sound. I'm Neve Marr. We'll be back in Ireland from next week. So we'll chat to you then. It's really fake looking, isn't it? <laughs> it's so fake. What are you trying to say? I'm very protective of this studio. <laughs>